Welcome to the Harmonia Early Music Podcast. I'm Janelle Davis. The Royal Academy of Music is a conservatory in London founded in the 19th century. But before the music school existed, there was a different Royal Academy. This earlier Royal Academy of Music was established in 1718 as a joint stock company. Organized by a group of wealthy patrons, investors could buy shares in the company that would import opera to London. See, at the time, Italian opera was all the rage, and these English patrons wanted to bring their favorite opera superstars from the continent over to their own soil. A renowned triumvirate of composers, as Charles Burney referred to them in the 18th century, or a royal trio, as the title of a 2014 Harmonia Mundi recording from countertenor Lawrence Zazzo and La Nuova Musica suggests, was employed by the Academy during the 1720s to spearhead the new venture. The Academy hired Handel first, and in his role of music director, he had the task of recruiting big-name singers for the company. Handel used his connections and reputation to his advantage to engage two singers he knew from Dresden, the soprano Dora Stanti, and a bass named Boschi. Locally, Handel contracted English singer Anastasia Robinson to join the company, but the Academy also had their hearts set on the famed Italian castrato Senesino. Handel secured him in 1720 in time for the Academy's second season, and Senesino remained in the company until 1728. During the course of his tenure, he sang in all 32 of the operas the Academy produced. While in his position as music director, Handel also had opportunity to premiere some of his own operas, including Giulio Cesare in 1724, with Senesino singing the title role. Here's the aria Vatacito from Lawrence Zazzo and La Nuova Musica. Giulio Cesare is a masterpiece, still produced by big opera companies today. But curiously enough, though he's enduringly famous now, back then, Handel wasn't the most popular composer in the Academy. From the get-go, the Academy had wanted to get Giovanni Bononcini in the door. In the summer of 1719, the Earl of Burlington went to Italy and buttered up Bononcini in order to persuade him to come to London. With the path forged by the Earl, Handel made the final negotiations and finished the deal. Bonuccini came to London in October of 1720 and enjoyed two seasons of unmitigated success, which no doubt had a lot to do with the Academy's only financially profitable season in 1721. But Bonuccini, being from Italy, was, as you might expect, Catholic, and his associations with certain revolutionary Jacobites 
put him in a political hot seat in England. And so, despite his success with the Academy, he wasn't rehired in 1722. A year later, though, the Academy changed their minds and asked him back. Bononcini eventually did return to England, but by then, popular opinion had moved on. Valued when he first came to England for his agreeable and easy style, by the time he returned in the late 1720s, the crowd wanted something with more excitement. A newspaper in 1727 published criticism of Bononcini that his music had a, quote, too great simplicity. Others, like Hawkins, had found Bononcini's genius in his expression of tender sentiment, his melodies satisfyingly rich, sweet, stylish, natural, and original. Here's a gorgeous aria, Cosistanco Pellegrino, from Bononcini's Even though they had Handel and Bononcini, the Academy was always shopping around for the newest and the best, and Attilio Ariosti was on their short list. The Royal Academy directors had tried to hire Ariosti for their opening season, but he was too busy working for someone else. When Ariosti finally did come on board, the fashion for Italian opera in England had reached a zenith, and Ariosti's style was exactly what the public wanted. Let's hear some of Ariosti's Fremelonda. The Royal Academy, like a lot of fledgling organizations trying to work out its kinks, experienced its share of bumps along the way. It was a good thing while it lasted, but after nine seasons, there was trouble in the ranks. The Royal Academy of Music folded, though it did make a comeback in later years. There are lots and lots of Baroque opera recital recordings, 
and a glut of them by countertenors who seem to have the golden ticket right now in early music. So how does one stand out from the crowd? I like this program because of its wide variety of styles from three different composers who all relate to each other through the Royal Academy, nicely drawing the pieces of the program into a whole. Several tracks featured the orchestra alone, showing off a certain ease and finesse with which the group approaches this music. And when Zazo joins, it becomes clear that singer and ensemble are well-matched. Much of the music, especially that by Bononcini and Ariosti, is new to my ears and is a treat to hear alongside the familiar handle. If you'd like to hear more from this recording, you'll find a link to it on our website, just visit harmoniaearlymusic.org. While you're there, have a look at our archives of blogs, podcasts, and shows, and check out our online shop, where a portion of your purchase will benefit Harmonia. This has been the Harmonia Early Music Podcast. I'm Janelle Davis. Thanks for listening.